I'm Chloe Potter, and this is Vision Vibes, the podcast that hopes to give you inspiration and tools to live a more satisfying life. This story was originally broadcast on television as part of the interview series Direct Talk. If you enjoy listening, you can head to the NHK World website to watch. You'll find interviews with people from all walks of life. None of us would exist without the female cycle, without periods. Yet for far too long, menstruation has been a taboo, something to hide away, something that is often shrouded in shame. For many women, especially in the developing world, the stigma around periods leaves them without the knowledge or products that they need. This is known as period poverty. It leads to many women and girls missing out on school or work every single month and can jeopardize their livelihoods and their health. Today's guest is one of the people working to tackle this problem, and she is also determined to do it in an earth-friendly, gentle way, because the amount of plastic waste generated by period products is staggering. Kristin Kagetsu has created innovative pads made from banana fiber. They decompose in just six months and are good for the body, the community, and the environment. I often ponder how different the culture around periods would be if it were men who had them. I think they might well be a source of power, even something to boast about. I hope that we can open up and change the conversation so that future generations of both men and women feel free to celebrate the female cycle. Enjoy listening to Kristen. Here is narrator Kimberly Tierney. I'll meet you on the other side. Ahmedabad, in the western Indian province of Gujarat. The growing industrial city is the location for many overseas enterprises. This modern office building is Kagetsu's company headquarters. The sustainable sanitary products they make are sold domestically at eco-friendly shops and available online in places like North America and Asia. The company name, Sati, means friend in Hindi. The aim being to be both women and eco-friendly. In 2015, Kagetsu founded the company with a like-minded partner. The lack of access to sanitary products for Indian women serving as their motivation. When you don't have access to sanitary pads, you'll use other means. So. Maybe it's like old cloth or things like that. And the issue with the cloth is not that it's a cloth, but about how do you wash it. So with old cloths, if you don't keep it out in the sun, it won't get sanitized. And that was one of the main problems. Why wouldn't people hang it out to dry in the sun? Is because there's a taboo. So the taboo is there and then women feel like if they're going to hang it out to dry, then the neighbor will see and then the neighbor will talk and things like that. And another uh, kind of issue that we're looking at is not just lack of access, but also some of the other uh, infections and um, things that people face for using these unhygienic options. So sometimes it's not even old rags. Maybe it would, might even be uh, soil, ash, or anything else that's um, available. And these can cause infections 
the third issue, then one of those uh, one of the things is if you don't have access to these sanitary products, then you're less mobile. You can't go to work or go to school, and these kind of uh, hinder you in the long term. If you can't go to school every month for five days, three days, um, or seven days, then you're missing so much time. You fall behind. In the U.S., something that is a basic uh, necessity in a way, like that you see everywhere. Um, it's accessible through the pharmacy, uh, through pretty much any shop or grocery store even. And um, seeing that many women and girls didn't have access, uh, yeah, it was heartbreaking. Like something that you really can't imagine, almost like. Kagetsu is an Asian American born and raised in New York City. I'm half Chinese, half Japanese, raised in New York City. We had the uh, Indian babysitter, and so she would also kind of introduce us to all the other kinds of food and everything. Yeah, I think I grew up like mixed in that way, like having all three of the cultures mixed. She was admitted to MIT, but she wasn't so much interested in subjects like computer programming, as she was driven to find practical solutions to pressing social problems. I had worked on a project in waste management and recycling. I worked on a project uh, on plastic bottle recycling and things like that. And those were the kind of projects I liked because they're helping to uh, maybe solve some problems that people are facing. And um, then my final project, I got to come to India, actually, and work on a, a product with uh, the local um, NGO uh, in Uttarakhand, and we were making natural dye crayons. So they were focused on textile uh, dyeing, and they had a lot of pigments left over, and they wanted to use the pigments for making some product for kids. And uh, so I helped them develop that recipe. But all of the uh, goals for every project that they work on and they have students work on is to uh, improve people's um, either life or livelihoods or something like that. So that's something I wanted to do. After graduation, she was determined to find some way to help people in India, a place familiar to her since childhood. She was hoping to address women's lack of access to sanitary goods when she met her future business partner. They got straight to work. Basically, we wanted to understand the whole problem and see if we can come up with one of the best solutions for that same problem and not create more problems later. So we discussed quite a bit amongst ourselves how are we going to do it, what are the options available, how do we kind of make machinery? We also had that concept at the beginning. We thought maybe we'll make these machines, bring those to a village setting, and, and women self-help groups will make the product themselves. But that's not uh, necessarily the most effective way for us to kind of contribute to the problem. But as we developed the solution, we saw like uh, when we went to visit the village, we saw different situations. So, for example, we, if we bring in just regular pads with the plastic and all of that, then where are they going to throw them after they use them? So if you bring a plastic or chemical-filled pad to 
a rural area or village which has no landfill or anything, then those pads will just end up around the community or in the water, uh, in the local water bodies and things like that. And then it will pollute those, uh, those areas. And so then again, it causes other health issues. So we decided we're, we're going to try and make these pads completely biodegradable and compostable. And at the time, it was not something other people were looking into. After a lot of trial and error, they settled on banana fiber, widely available and extremely absorbent as the base material. They also developed a proprietary technique for the pads manufacture. We spent maybe two years developing before say, selling anything. So our first uh, pad, yes, you can say uh, that design did have like um, just the banana fiber core. Uh, and then we took more time to figure out how to replace all the layers because we hadn't settled on the business model. So once we took that time, we were able to replace every layer. And in terms of the banana fiber, some of the good qualities is that one, it's uh, one of the most absorbent natural fibers. And therefore the pads are just as absorbent as your regular pads that you would get in the market. Uh, a lot of the people we wanted to work with, they said we should either focus on addressing the lack of access or we should focus on addressing the sustainability but not do both together. And we were very stubborn to kind of commit to both of those things because we saw it as a full cycle solution. We didn't want to separate them because they're pretty much interlinked. Uh, we also wanted to have as much impact even in, built into our supply chain. So it benefits farmers in that this is something already, they have to cut down the tree every harvest anyway. And once they cut the tree down, then it's a waste material, like uh, they need to remove it from the land. So this is something which we are using. So we're purchasing kind of their waste material for our use. So they're able to get additional income for that. So not only will they get income for the fruit, which they sell to the, the vendors, but also um, they'll be getting income for uh, material they don't use anymore. In the factory, as a further means of empowerment, local women are employed as production workers. This woman began work here through her sister-in-law before she hadn't known that sanitary products even existed. Since I started using pads, my health is better. Housework is easy and going out is also no problem. Yes, I feel my health is much better. I feel like I have more power over my life. Once they are using the pads and they're feeling like that it's a more comfortable experience. They don't get rashes, irritation, other discomfort. They're also able to be more mobile and go to school or go to work. So, Women that we work with have also uh, increased their use of pads, but also uh, they've told us that now that they have uh, worked, started working with Sati, they're able to provide um, you know, they're able to get additional income, which means they're able to send their daughters to school. So they're having more impact that way as well. In an effort to overcome taboos surrounding menstruation, they also hold workshops, but this comes with its own difficulties. 
I would say it, in terms of making people aware, there's, there's a few different challenges. One is, of course, the openness to conversation. And once you're open to the conversation, then, of course, we have to discuss about some, some things which maybe people aren't comfortable with. And there's always something like in society which people are not comfortable with. But I think this is one of the things which it's a natural process in our body, which is something that we're trying to break that barrier because it's not necessarily something that people should be ashamed of or that people have to hide or something like this because it happens to everyone and it's uh, or like all women and girls and other menstruators and it's not something we have to be hiding, I guess. Sati distributes pads free of charge to women lacking access, paid for by contributions from partner companies and NGOs working for social change. So one of our previous goals was to, like when we first started Sati, one of our goals was to uh, distribute one million pads. And so this year we're very excited to have achieved that goal. So we distributed one million pads to women in underserved areas. And our new goal is to reach 10 million women. So that's one of our goals for the future. And in doing that, we'll be able to eliminate 18,000 uh, metric tons of plastic waste. So these are some of our goals for the future. Uh, when we first started Sati, um, at that time only maybe 16% of women had access to sanitary pads. And now it's more like 36%. So even over those years, it's grown quite a lot. Even as more women use pads, the environmental impact is minimized. Banana fiber is used to produce pads. The pads go to the users. After use, the pads biodegrade and in six months become compost, returning to the soil. The cycle of manufacturing in harmony with the environment she had envisioned made real. We asked Kagetsu to sum up her vision in writing. Banana pads that are good for the body, the community, and the environment. I guess our vision for Sati is that we're creating uh, systemic change in the way menstrual hygiene is addressed. And that means we're making sanitary pads from materials that are natural, they uh, don't contain any plastic, no chemicals, and we're doing this in a sustainable and responsible way. I think one of the things is that in the future we're going to be looking for new models of how we can produce products, not just our products, but other products too, whether it's furniture or you know any kind of products. How do we make those sustainably? How do we uh, kind of live uh, symbiotically with nature? and uh, create a more um, positive environment uh, and at the same time we want to uh, maintain good relationships also with the community. If you're curious to know more about the female cycle I heartily encourage you to read Maisie Hill's book 
period power. I can say without any hyperbole that it changed my life. Understanding the hormones at play is transformative. If you are someone who has a cycle, it will change your relationship with yourself. And if you don't have a cycle yourself, this understanding will change and enhance your relationship with all the people in your life who do. Let's do what we can to empower women, and crucially, young girls, to embrace their cycles as a superpower. That's it for today's episode. Thank you for listening. You can find the transcript, as well as our other stories, on the NHK World website. I'm Chloe Potter. Join us next time for more mind-expanding insights from inspiring people on Vision Vibes.